What's up, everybody? This is your main man, Cal Breezy. And on this episode, I'm going to be talking about mm, 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 the 1978 slasher classic Halloween. Yes, directed by yours truly, John Carpenter, starring the great, talented, lovely Jamie Lee Curtis as the final girl. This movie kicked off. This is one of the best opening scenes of a horror movie. Even to this day, this movie still holds up pretty darn well, if you ask me. Um, starts off. Um, we see somebody watching the house. Somebody looking at the ha- inside of the house, watching a girl and her, presumably her boyfriend, going upstairs. And then it's, the camera just, from one person vi- um, view, walking around the back of the house. Picking up a mask, a Halloween clown mask, and then getting the butcher knife and going upstairs. And then starts stabbing this girl after her and her boyfriend had a quick sex session. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> and then he starts stabbing, stabbing, stabbing her, stabbing her, stabbing her, and killing her, killing her, killing her. <sighs> and then start, then this person just starts going downstairs. And the next thing we know, two people walk up, two adults walk up and take the mask off. Michael, it's a little boy, little boy, Michael Myers. He was six years old and killed his elfin sister, Judith Myers. And he was locked up in a mental hospital for 15 years. This movie's called The Night He Came Home. After 15 years of being locked up, and his doctor, Dr. Loomis, played by the late, great Donald Pleasance, and his assistant nurse um, played by Nancy Stevens for a character um, it was Marion um, Chambers yeah and it was going to transport him and this is this transporting Michael Myers is it's, it's gonna be an ongoing like kind of running gag or running thing in the franchise where you know shit's about to go wrong and talking about transport furring him or transporting him to another location so, yeah, let you know that now. But, um, yeah, he, as Dr. Loomis rolls up, they trying to figure things out. Why are they doing it at night? That's what I don't understand. Why are you trying to point him at night? And he's random cats and dogs, lions and wolves. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever. Um, and that's when you know, Michael, one of the patients are outside, and Michael ended up stealing the car that Dr. Loomis and Nurse Chambers was in. And he rose away right away. He actually he, he killed somebody, uh, a guy in a pickup in a tow truck. He kills him, took his clothes, and knows it. Dr. Loomis didn't know the body because he Michael didn't bite to the other side. But anyway, Dr. Loomis he tried to warn people Haddonfield where Michael's from that he's coming home. They don't know why he's coming home, but he's coming home. Yeah, he's coming home to kill apparently. But anyway, he gets Michael. This is when we meet this um, final girl, Jamie Lloyd. Jamie Lee Curtis character, Lois Stroyd, Stroyd, and her friends, Linda and Lindsay, not Lindsay, I'm sorry, Annie, I've had y'all, Annie, the sheriff's daughter, Annie Brackett, the sheriff's daughter, and Michael, and he wasn't really called Michael, he was called The Shape, he was, yeah, The Shape, and, um, this movie, this is a classic movie, I just can't say that enough, this movie still holds great to this day, and, um, you know, I'm more of a Jason's fan, but Halloween, this Halloween is pretty dope. Michael holds his own. 
He's in the and my Mount Rushmore slasher killers with Jason, Freddie, and Chucky. Anyway, night comes. Lori, she um she babysits little boy Tommy, Tommy Doyle. And while Annie is babysitting Lindsay right across the street, this is where pretty much these two houses pretty much where the rest of the movie goes and takes place in the story of the movie. We get some um we get some pretty crazy and kind of intense kills. Not really intense, but some iconic kills. Um Annie was going to pick up her boyfriend after she dropped Lindsay off across the street with so Laura can babysit her. And Michael's in the back seat. He um starts choking Annie while she's in the front and he slits her throat and yeah, we gotta give it to um Nancy Kai. So he's what Kai thinks is her name. How she um her death scene, how she was really played it out. Like she was really like dead for real. And kind of cross eyed it. And Michael killed a dog. Michael has a thing about killing dogs. He killed dogs. So pick the dog, a dog bar picked up. Um, it wasn't that many kills in this movie because um, John Carpenter really didn't want to make it a sequel to this. He just wanted to be like an anthology based around Halloween. So that's fine. But it's still iconic kind of movies. Movies pretty. Like most. Franchise horror franchises back then, they were cheap. They had sell the rights to get the movie made. Didn't take much of had much of a big budget. So yeah. Anyway, um, Bob and Linda show up to the house. Andy was babysitting. They you know they had a little sex scene. Getting in, whatever. Yeah. And so. Reason they gotta do that because Linda called Aunt Lori to find out where um Annie at, and like oh they, we gotta have to ourselves, which they didn't know they had a guest named Michael Myers. He killed Bob. Bob had an iconic death scene like he was in the kitchen and Bob he was in the kitchen and Michael was hiding in the pantry and came out and was choking Bob against the wall. He lifted him with one hand and boom stabbed him hard as he could, like breaking laws of physics with this knife. Piercing through Bob's body and it's holding Bob in, up against this wall. His feet's off the ground. He's up in the air. He's pinned against it. He pinned against a wall by a knife. Yeah. That that knife in Bob should fail. But it didn't. And it gave us Michael's iconic head tilt to he tilted his head to the side like he's admiring his work. Like, hmm, it's pretty good work. Mm, but the knife's still young. I got somebody other people to kill. So now you know, Linda's up there and she showed her boobs. PJ Souls, she showed her boobs. Yeah, money shot. <laughs> and and Michael is wearing a sheet over his head like he's a ghost, but he's wearing Bob's glasses, making it seem like oh, this is he tend to be Bob. And and he's just standing looking at her. She's like, "Where's my beer?" Fine. So she gives him a call, Lori. Her back's turned, and you hear the music. Oh, you know somebody's gonna get killed. Classic slasher movies like you know the killer's gonna show up or somebody's gonna get killed, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Somebody got killed, and it was Lynn. Like <laughs> she, he strangled her with the telephone cord. Yes, there were things called telephone cords. Phones had cords back in the day before the cordless phones and cell phones was a big thing. Was phones that had cords, and you had to sit by the phone and talk on it. You couldn't like go in your room or walk around the house or. Like, go outside, sit on the carport. You really had to sit by the phone, this phone cord, unless you had like a really, really long phone cord. Michael strangled her while she's on the phone with Lori, and all Lori is hearing her 
is 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 Linda. And he sounds she thinks a gag thing is playing like well it's more like moan like oh sound like it's to Lord sound like Linda's moaning like so you gonna call me while you getting in like I really want to hear that and Michael chokes her off the cell phone cord strings her to death and he puts the phone to his ear like and I hear his Lord's voice like oh oh from your voice another victim for me to kill oh yes I must kill her. She must come here so I can kill her. Please, come. Come, if you will. <laughs> so, at this point, you know, Lori and, and got the kids in the bed, and she goes across the street, see what's going on, all the lights off, nothing's going on, nobody's answering the phone. She goes over in the house. She went to the, went, to, you know, went in, walking around, Michael's hiding out. She walks up into the master bedroom. Early on, Michael went and stole the tombstone of Judith Myers. So now he got the tombstone in the big bed in the door room in the master bedroom with Annie laid out. Nobody knows what what the fuck this supposed to mean. And so, <laughs> and Laura's backing up and then like a little closet door open and Linda's laying there mostly dead and, and then Bob's body just kind of hanging upside down from like a doorway and then Mike comes out the shadows and cuts Laura's arm and she falls down the stairs. Oh, oh boom. Then the music hits. Doom doom. Doom doom. Doom doom. Doom doom. Now he has a chase scene going on because she gotta get the hell out of this house, but Michael has locked her in the house. He's like he he rigged at the door with the rake so she can't open it. But she locked herself like in the kitchen. The kitchen had a door that she locked and Michael's trying to bust his way in. And she finds this user elbow to break the glass pan panel out the door and move the rake and get out. Had to chase his own. Michael is chasing her. Lori is running across the street trying to get in. But she dropped the keys. Oh my gosh. Them little tight leg, them tight pants she had on. Tight bell bottoms. <laughs> keys fell out. Pockets too small. She fell down the steps. Had deep pockets. Probably wouldn't fell out. That's just me saying it. I don't know. So now at this point, she's like literally trying to like the bang door, get Tommy to wake up. Tommy, please, wake up. Tommy, please. And he might sleep like a kid like me. Man. I'm like, nah. ah, this bitch. Waking me up. My, he was stumbling downstairs. And she get in. He find him though. She get in. Go. He's like, what's going on? Sit the boogie, man. Like, I'm like most little kids asking all the questions. Like, man, do what I tell you, man. Get up there. What's going on? So scared, Lord. What's happening? Sit the boogie, man. Oh my God, the boogie, man. She screamed, go, go. She can cuss him like she wants to now. I know she won't say, What if you your motherfucking ass upstairs if I kick your ass myself? Well, he, she just said, Go! Don't let me tell you again. Ran upstairs and of course he woke up lens and they hiding. <laughs> and at this point, Michael somehow surprisingly came through the window hiding and he tried to stab Lori, but she had like a needle, like the needle thread, like one of the needles stabbed her neck. He fell out. And she went upstairs and the kids like, you can't kill the boogeyman. She's like, yes, I did. Michael secretly came up the stairs behind her, screaming. She locked the kids in the closet. She ran in the master bedroom and hide herself in the closet. This is iconic scenes that people still talk about to this day. Like when Michael trying to get her out of the closet, he busts into the closet. And, and she's screaming and she takes the hanger and she pokes him in the eye. <laughs> and she takes the knife and stabs him a couple times. Mm. And he fell out. And this, and this right here is... 
Lord told the kids run and get help, and you see the kids running, running, running. Now I meant okay, I meant left out a very important part of the movie. When Dr. Lewis talked to Sharon Bracken, and he was like, I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no conscience, no understanding. Wait, hold on. Let me, I'm going to get that in a minute. Let me, let me fix that. Up. Dr. Loomis, yeah, I quote, he said, I met him 15 years ago. I told there was nothing left, no reason, no conscience, no understanding, even the most rumatory sense of life or death of good and evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Dude, that's in chills. Like, Donald Pleasant chills on my spine with this part of speech, man. He's like, I spent eight years trying to reach him, another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply dun 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 dum evil evil dun, 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 dun. boy come on now anyway so Lindsay and Tom run down the street trying to scream and get help like ah help me somebody help me somebody help me. my baby said help me please oh my goodness no no don't you Lori help me but it's Halloween. It's like, dude, who we gonna believe? We gonna believe these kids? Maybe a Halloween prank. That's why this like Halloween is like one of the best horror movies because Halloween prank. Like, you can kill people, but nobody gonna take you serious. Like, it's a Halloween prank. Oh my gosh, they just playing. But Doctor Loomis heard the kids screaming because he had saw the car that Michael stole up the street. He limp, he old, so he running kind of slow. So at this point, Michael is gonna creep up behind Laura and kill her. So he's strangling, he choking her. <laughs> And then, and then, Lord somehow managed to rip Michael's mask off his face, and he freaked out. Like, oh no, not the mask, not my mask, <laughs> no, not the mask. So, by the time Mike put his mask back on, we got a little glimpse of his face. He was played by Nick Castle. That's when Doctor Loomis shows up and shoots him. Bow. And then Michael standing in the room breathing. <sighs> and you shot me. And Michael, he, he kept shooting like pow, pow, pow. It was like, bad. He was like, soldier boy. Pow, 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 pow. And Michael fell from the, they was on the second story. And Michael fell from the balcony. Boom, on the ground. And the Lord said on the ground, she's screaming like any normal person would. Because I'm crying and screaming, panicking too. And Dr. Loomis looked down and see Michael's body. He go check on Lori. She's like, was that the book? Was that the bookie, man? He's like, I believe it was. Yes, it was. Then it's the best part. He go back to check on see Michael's body. Michael's gone. He shot Michael. I shot him six times. Then Michael's gone. And then Don Pless looks up to the camera. Dr. Loomis looks up. Blake Pless like, oh, oh, damn. Then the music plays and they start showing, like, taking different shots like of the house. Yeah, different shots of the house. Like, oh, man. Oh, damn. Oh, my damn. Can't find him. He gone. Where he going? Great way to end a movie. Great movie from start to the end. Like, this movie still scares people. Yep, this movie still scares people. Like, this, this is a great classic movie. I watch this movie every year on Halloween. I have to. If I don't, I'm not a true Halloween fan. So, anyway, let's get down to some things that you may or may not know about the Halloween movie. 
Did you guys know that it was co-written and produced by a woman at the time when that was very, very rare? Before Halloween, Deborah Hill had only ever worked on three films, Goodbye, Norman Jean, Satan's Cheerleaders, and Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, Deborah Hill, she wrote this and directed big ass shout ups to Deborah Hill, man. That's what's up. Like, this wasn't a big thing, like, for women to really be doing in Hollywood. They was either the final girl or just or like an assistant or some shit. But then she made a name for herself by, you know, doing it. Now, the fact that Hill got her big break because she was dating John Carpenter at that time, and he insisted on having her as his producer, his producer made it even harder on her since it raised eyebrows and foster assumptions of that anyway john carpenter he he, he didn't want to um you got to, he didn't want to cast jamie lee curtis as as Lori. he he wanted um and lockhart mm-hmm like and had, had just like jamie lee curtis and had a famous mom but casting the um the daughter of of the woman from Lassie, June Lockhart, it didn't have the same, um, you know, same thing, you know, like, because Janet Lee, she was in Psycho, and that is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. It didn't have the same cliche. So, anyway, yeah, he he didn't want Jamie Lee Curtis at first. He was going to go for Ann Lockhart. Glad he didn't. Carbon explained, Jamie Lee wasn't the first choice for Lori. He had no idea who she was. She was 19 in a TV show at the time, but he didn't watch TV, so. So, yeah, how about that? I'm so glad he ended up choosing her. I'm so, I'm so glad. So, so glad that he chose Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's still kicking ass in this franchise. Like, Every time you bring her character back into the franchise, it just makes it better. Halloween H2O. The new, not the 2019 Halloween. Makes it all better. She just makes things better. Anyway, so, um, Michael Meyer. Michael's name was taken from a film distributor who championed Assault on Precinct 13. The real Michael Myers. Like... Deborah Hill and John Carpenter's script is filled with Easter eggs and homage. For example, the fictional town Haddonfield, Illinois, is named after Hills, New Jersey hometown, and you know, future multiple street signs, you know. So that's where they got the name Michael from. From so now you know. And now I know. <laughs> the mass choice came down to a Nixon, Spock, Kirk, and an Emmett Kelly sad clown mask. Richard Nixon and Spock from Star Trek. Captain Kirk. That's where they that's where they, they went with the Captain Kirk mask. They just, you know, took some of the sideburns off and painted it white and messed the hair up. Yeah, that's what they did with it. Who cares? Um the script um describes Michael's or technically the shape mask as rubber and depicts and depicting the neutral futures of a man, which led producer, production designer Tommy Lee Wallace to look at Richard Nixon, Spock, and 
Kirk Max as well as an Emmett Kelly sad, sad clown. The sad clown thing knows too freaking big and weird and ugly, cringy looking. Yeah. And it gave too many emotions. Like, I'm sad. Nah, that didn't want to work. So. So, but anyway, the mask gonna cost like a buck, two dollars. We just say two dollars. Way cheaper with now. Like, if you try to buy a Halloween mask now, you, you, forty dollars, maybe. Yeah. Like, they took the mask, like I said, they painted it, they cut the eyes open a little more, they changed the hair, yanked off the sideburn, you know, spring, yeah. So, fish belly white at that. They painted fish belly white. And that's why we got our Connie Michael Meyer mask for him. Captain Kirk, can you save me? Captain Kirk, she want to have your baby. Anyway. <sighs> Guys, did you know that Donald Pleasant was the their third choice and even then he only did because his daughter told him so yeah doctor yeah, donald pleasant was not the first or second choice to play dr loomis donald pleasant's only did because his daughter so donald pleasant dr loomis is the ahab to michael's white well They just think in if you don't want to be dick or whatever. Yeah, so however, it almost went a completely different direction while Carpenter Hill agreed they need to cast a, a name actor to play Loomis. They differed on who to approach. Carpenter and Hill offered the part to Hammer Horror legend Christopher Lee. That's still probably been good though. And Peter Crushing. I think, man, Christopher Lee. If you know him, you know his work. He played Dracula. He played in Star Wars. Count Dooku. You know, you know him. Lord of the Rings. You know him. You know him. You get those eyes. Um, Both of them passed on the movie with Lee Lair telling him, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I should have been in your movie. Yeah, you should have. Butt crack. Um, guy named Yablins was actually relieved. He never wanted Lee or Crushing fearing their close association with a certain kind of horror movie would negatively flavor public opinion Halloween instead he recommended Pleasance based off the then 59 year old actor performance in the western Will Penny he was a name having earlier earlier starting you only live twice in the great escape he just might bring a bit of class to the production and he did Donald Pleasance was a great Dr. Loomis so now Christopher Lee would have done great but Donald Pleasance had yeah, best choice yeah, so once on said Pleasant, um, Callie made to a stun John Carter. My daughter is in a rock and roll band in London, and she liked the music from your film Assault on Precinct 13. But otherwise, I have no clue why I'm here or who my character is. That's pretty dope. <clears throat> Additional duties included costume design and leaf gathering because this movie was not filmed. You know, in like Illinois or during the freaking fall time, like Halloween is. It was done in California during like the summer. So they had to make it look like fall as much as they could. So they had to get somebody to click leaves and put them out. And, you know, and Halloween was a, it was a low budget movie. And a lot of people in the cast and crew took on multiple like, responsibilities. Like, Tumbley Wallace wasn't just a production designer, he was also the editor. Nessie Kai didn't just play Annie. She also helped out with costumes. John Carpenter wasn't just the director and writer. He was the um, composer. 
Dude, love his music. His music. AJ, uh, PJ, I said AJ. PJ Souls told Inside Story at one point or another, everyone had to help gather the fake leads. The art department had to create the ultimate, like it really made it feel like it was ultimate in Illinois. You know, it was spring and it was in California. Yeah, and PJ Souls, shout out to her because she was, she was the child hand, Michael Myers, Gabby. <laughs> Okay, the opening four minute long steady cam shot was captured on the final day of the shoot and it required the entire crew of actors to paint and fix up the house overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So so the house that you see um Lori's in, come to find out the house that Tommy Doyle stayed in and Lori was babysitting it actually. It's the same house from the beginning. Michael Myers' house. It just looks different. They painted, they said it made it look different. Mm hmm. I think that's right. If I'm wrong, screw you guys. Shut up. You look at them, do your own research. But anyway. My bad. I meant there was Deborah Hill's hand who was stabbing, doing the grabbing the mask and stabbing Michael's sister Judith. It was Deborah Hills, the producer and writer. <laughs> My bad. So whatever. Sue me. Okay, another one. <laughs> it was never meant to say anything about the sexual revolution or sexual repression. It's just a scary movie about the boogeyman. Halloween set the how sex you die template, which characterized much of the oddly horror output, which dominate the 80s and even the 90s. Cisco uh, and Ebert, both who liked Halloween, um, later became convinced the slasher crash reflected the unconscious and sometimes very conscious misogyny of the men making the movies were also representing a rejection of both the sexual revolution and women's liberation movement of the prior decades. Matter of fact, last but not least, fun fact, you can still visit the Meyer House. Mm -hmm. Both of them in different states. In Pasadena, Michael Meyer's house in Halloween was actually abandoned Rundown church owned home located at 707 Meridian Avenue, South Pasadena, California. It's um, since been moved and declared a historical landmark, as explained in Halloween 25 Years of Terror. The house was due to be demolished in 19, the 1980s, but it was um, purchased for a dollar and physically moved. And now stands at the end in this and now it now stands at the end of the same street opposite the location used for the hardware store where Michael Myers stole the knives and mask he used on his blood rampage. The house remains a popular tourist attraction. <laughs> Something <laughs> of a rite of passage for sightseeing horror fanatics. 
But if you can't make to Pasadena, will you settle for almost an exact replica of North Carolina? So in 2008, while on vacation in South Pasadena, Emily and Kenny uh, Capriton visited the Myers home. They did so as horror fans, but at the same time, they were in the middle of house hunting. Visiting Pasadena was supposed to be a break from that, but Kenny came across, came away at the grand idea to simply build their own home back in North Carolina and made an exact replica of the Myers house. Huh. Okay, cool beans. So if you guys want to go to North Carolina, it's a house that just like the Myers house. Anyway, so let's talk about some fun facts in this movie. Um, Box office, it did 47 million domestic, 23 million international, 70 million worldwide, a budget of $325,000. Like I said, this movie had a low kill count. It wasn't that big. So, yeah. So anyway, guys, that's that's the rundown on the 1978 classic Halloween. Um, Halloween's in like a couple months away. I'm so excited. Yes, my favorite holiday, my birthday, my wife's birthday, my nephew and my godson, and some other people that I'm cool with birthdays as well. But mostly mine is important in Halloween and my wife's. Those are three important dates in October. Me, my wife, and Halloween. But anyway, guys, this is it. I'm going to start back doing my Friday horror movie slasher rundown. This this week is going to be in this one, and this week Halloween too, and so on and so on. Just going to say it now, due to the fact that they're still doing Halloween movies with Halloween Kills come out this year in October. Yes! Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do a ratings. I did one on YouTube a couple years ago. I'm not sure if I'm going to do an updated one. I might do one after... Um, Halloween Kills. I don't know. I might wait till next year after Halloween ends, come out on DVD and and do my rating of the ranking. I'm sorry, my ranking of the movies. I just might. I might wait. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's in the air. We. We'll, I will definitely. You definitely know when I get done with the last Halloween movie, which I mean I got to sit through a lot of crappy Halloween movies I don't care for. But anyway, this is your main man, Kel Breezy. You're in Kel's world. Oh, wait, wait, don't forget to download the links down low for the Kills World, Restaurant 901 Gear, and my boy Benny, his music. Anyway, now I can close out. This is your main man, Kel Breezy. You're in Kills World. It's a fun place. It's a happy place. It's a loving place. One love, and I am out of here. Out chill.